Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Speak into the microphone, Squid Brain. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Wait, so you guys made a bet? We did. Yeah. Okay. Let's on the start, air. Let's start the show. Then. Are we allowed to gamble on the air? Is that it? Yes. Because that used to be against the law. I don't Is know. Where, I don't know where gambling laws are. Laws have changed. Okay. Times of pandemic. Laws have changed, right. Rami. Okay. All right. From this point forward, every bet on the show is for Monopoly money. All right. Just so everyone knows. Okay. Oh, I already showed. Unless my, it's not. I, I, I already showed the twenty. I showed the twenty. By the way, real quick People before watching. we get into this bet here, this is Action Movie Rewind Friday on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Point Break is our deep dive. Told you guys this last night. Told you guys. Well done. I told you guys this last night on uh, Mackie and Jeb with Rami Happy Hour. Mm-hmm. I came to a shocking realization during this movie. Blew my mind. So that is at five o'clock today. Can't wait. And also, we're unveiling a new segment in about 25 minutes from now. It's called Random Season Recall. And it is, is, it is exactly what it sounds like. Rami will throw out random Minnesota sports seasons from the past and see how much Judd and I can recall from those seasons. But you guys made a bet. We did. Explain. Rami? I made ahead. my case yesterday. Was it yesterday or the day before? Time is a flat circle, guys. Nobody cares anymore. It, it's it, was, uh, it was actually four weeks ago. I was going to say... I think you started to make this point, in all seriousness, like four or five days back. I think that Tua is going to... Monday. Tua Tua very well could slide in this draft, and factors keep on adding to the possibility that Tua could slide in this draft. First of all, Joe Burrow is going number one. You got Mel Kuyper and others saying that the Dolphins are high on Justin Herbert, and they're going to take him at number five. I went. I ran down the order of the draft between one and where the Vikings pick at twenty-two. And when you take out the Bengals, who are going to take Joe Burrow, there are three teams ahead of the Vikings on the board who are in need of a quarterback right now. Then add in the report that Adam Schefter put out this morning that the Dolphins tried but failed to line up a last-minute physical for Tua with their team doctors, so they never got the look at him that they wanted to get at him, which I'm assuming the other teams who might be interested also didn't get the opportunity to do that. So you have the medical concerns, you have teams who may be high on other guys, and then just, I don't know, about 
an hour ago, I came across a tweet on my timeline from my guy Bob McGinn, the godfather of Milwaukee sports media, who now writes for The Athletic, who said that he got a 13 on the Wonderlick test, the worst Ooh. score of the major quarterbacks on the board. Here's the here's the here's the Wonderlick scores, okay? And by the way, I'm all for this. In fact, my conspiracy theory brain goes to Rick Spielman, Trader Rick saying, "Listen to it, tank the Wonderlick. We're coming to get you." Tank the wonder. And so I told I told my co-host on Score North Live at noon. Then I said, "If you're so sure of this, originally I said fifty bucks. He doesn't get to the Vikings." Rami said, "No." I, I said, "I said fifty bucks. He doesn't get out of the top 10. Rami said, "How about 20? I don't really like to bet. So that's I don't really where like we're at to gamble, right now. especially. And so once, Phil, if you'd like to add in, perhaps you should go back to fifty. I'm willing. To I don't know about that. you guys, but. It becomes real money after twenty dollars. Like, <laughs> does it? Is it just me, or you know does what? it does it become real money after it's a twenty dollar bill? Yeah, man. But that, hot sports takes you got to back them up. You know, I have uh, I, one of my good friends has done very well for himself financially. Started a company ten fifteen years ago, and he once told me like when he was starting to make some like when when I say starting to make some real money, I mean like like more commas than we make. And he once said, you know what? If it's over a thousand dollars, it's definitely worth fighting for. And I'm like, over a thousand dollars? My God! If it's over twenty, we might have well, to scrap. So, Rami, you're saying you think he's falling out of the top ten now, and Judd's putting money where both yeah. of your mouths are here. Yeah. Well, here are the Wonderlick scores from Bob McGinn, the aforementioned tweet that you brought up. Jake from State Farm is uh, is number one on the list of Wonderlick scores with a 35. <laughs> 40 is the top score, right? Jake from State Farm. No, I thought it was 50. Is no? 50? Yeah. Whatever. I think, he, I scored, Burke, he scored the highest. I think Burke got a 50. Okay. When he took it. Well, Jake from scored the highest. All right. And uh, Joe Burrow coming into the 34. Jordan Love with a 27. Justin Herbert, 25. Anthony Gordon, 25. Jacob Eason, 23. James Morgan, 23. Jalen Hurts, 18, and Tua with a 13. How does that line up historically? Well, here are some recent Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks over the last 10 or 15 years and what their Wonderlick scores are. Okay, Mm -hmm. So Tua is a 13. Mm -hmm. Eli Manning was a 39. Aaron Rodgers was a 35. Tom Brady, a 33. Drew Brees, a 28. Russell Wilson, a 28. Joe Flacco, a 27. Ben Roethlisberger, a 25. Okay. You want to go back in history and, and look at other quarterbacks, too? Brett Favre was a 22. Mm-hmm. Terry Bradshaw, who is, like, Br- Bradshaw and Favre are good old boys, right? Like Bradshaw took this thing? Are you going to tell me he had a score? Louisiana Tech. I didn't know they were giving the Wonderlick way back when. Terry Bradshaw, <laughs> he scored a 16 and openly jokes about how dumb he is. Yeah, that was so, the great line. He can't. He can't so spell I mean, legitimate question. Like this, this Wonderlick score could legitimately. If you're kind of on the fence about Tua, and you see, wait, wait a second, I'm he surprised Brett Favre, and not because he's dumb, but I'm surprised Brett Favre registered a score on the Wonderlick <laughs> test because it's about like how quickly you can answer questions. I'm surprised he didn't sit there and just question himself on every question <laughs> for 15 minutes till the clock ran out and he just got a zero. So here's some other prominent ones. Okay, uh, Jim Kelly, 15. Donovan McNabb, a 15. Dan Marino, a 16. Mike Vick, a 20. Teddy Bridgewater, a 20. And I think I don't think anyone would interact with Teddy Bridgewater and think anything other than that dude's really sharp. We've, He's perceptive. We've tried questions. If you have to do them in a hurry, they're not easy. We've done this on the show. Oh, yeah. We did it down in Milwaukee on my show down I'm, there. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know that we would fare nearly as well as we think we would. 
Well, we're doing this next week for sure. Pat Mahomes or 24? We'll take the Wonderlick next week or some version of it. 24 for Patrick Mahomes, by the way. And he's the best quarterback, bar none. By the way, Jamarcus Russell, a 24. So Pat Mahomes. Well, now I really don't care about it. Pat Mahomes is a Hall of Famer already. Jamarcus Russell's the biggest bust in our lifetimes at quarterback. Yep. They both scored the same thing on the Wonderlick test. So take it with a grain of salt. But more often than not, something a little bit higher in terms of score makes you feel more comfortable. So let's say he starts to fall. At what point in time is it incumbent upon Rick Spielman and the Vikings that they go stop that fall? So here's the thing. like I think there's a lot of people probably listening that think, like, what, what alternate reality? I don't think this is even a conversation inside the Vikings facility. I don't think... Trading fact, up? In, Tua, period. Tua at all. If he slips to 22? Quarterback first round. If it's me, I'm drafting him. If it's me, I'm trading up. If that dude slips toward 10, I'm trading up to get him. Yeah. And I'll figure out the Kirk Cousins thing later. If he gets past the Chargers, you only have to get in front of the Raiders, who I believe their first pick is at... 12 or 13? Yeah, I and, think you, and you and I disagree a little in that. Like, you, you not only you have to get, I, I might throw a couple in there that you aren't, and other teams are also going to try and trade up. So you're, you're fighting over like maybe three or four teams Including that you're not who, counting. Okay, but Jets, think about this one too. What is one of the primary teams that has incentive if he starts to fall? And the Vikings at that point in time have, have to, have to start making the phone calls. But what team is going to try and go up? Because I can tell you exactly who. Hmm. And I told Rami this uh, on Score North Live as well. Not just the Patriots. That's a good one. The Green Bay Packers. Hmm? The Green Bay Packers are thinking about drafting a quarterback. Really? The, the Green Bay Packers are giving serious thought. They like Jalen Hurts. They're giving serious thought. I, I mean, this is the this is the team that now has the history really? of looking at Brett Favre and saying, Brett, you know what? Reckless speculation. In two thousand five, Brett Favre was not happy at all when Ted Thompson pulled the trigger on Aaron Rodgers and said he fell to twenty four. We're doing it. And guess what happened? They found another generational talent. The Green Bay Packers would be very, very wise and would not surprise me one bit. If this guy, where I disagree with Rami completely and why I don't think he gets that low, is a smart team is going to say, like the Patriots, like the Packers, God willing, the Vikings, is going to say, oh, hold on a second. They're ridiculous. Well, if the Packers, if the, the Vikings fans should be rooting for the Packers to draft Tua because it's, it's, a, it's a check mark in the Vikings' favor in two ways. Number one, it means that a really good Packers team that is going to be competing for the division and maybe more will have not helped their 2020 team in the first round of the draft, right? So that's that's a help to the Vikings. It also seals the deal that Aaron Rodgers plays for the Vikings. Reckless speculation. 100%. And then you you will go to your grave with the Packers quarterbacks being Favre, Rodgers, and Tua. <laughs> You'll be my age or older. I told you guys, if they get another Hall of Fame quarterback, if they follow up You're Favre done. and Rodgers with another Hall of Fame, I'm just done with football. They I'm won. out. They're, I'm out on football. At some point, <laughs> I, I quit. This. The football <laughs> gods have never given a team three consecutive Hall of Fame quarterbacks, right? Has that ever happened? Um, Colt, Colt's not got to my two. knowledge. Andrew Luck's probably not, not a Hall of Not consecutively. Not consecutively, no. Yeah. That's it crazy. No, the Packers are due for a gigantic bust after Aaron Rodgers. Speak it into existence, years, my friend. Speak it into existence. What would Rami walking away from football be like or look like? I mean, it would be like what we're going through now, only during the football season. I'd have nothing to watch. I'd have no sports to fill the void. Only it would be fall and winter. That, that's, oh. that's, that's what it would be like. Would you yeah. replace football with a different sport? 
what's what's out there? Come Foot. on, do you even have to ask that question with the guy asking yes. the question? Yes, what's out there? Football. During fall and winter? Dude, yeah. this, this year there's there's golf majors this fall, baby. Okay, this Sundays. year, yes. The schedule may be a little wacky this fall and winter, but During in the, the future. fall and winters, what could you watch? And uh, I'm asking this question. A sport. I'm talking about a sport here. Wow. Maybe the win the past two weeks. <laughs> you keep setting me up. You can't set me up to take shots at soccer and expect me not to. You put it on a tee. <laughs> Mike for the rest of the show. You guys okay with that? By the way, this is the report from Ian Rappaport. Ian Rappaport had this this morning. Two interesting teams who have been in touch with monitoring Jalen Hurts, the Packers. That would be a if if the Packers after Hurts, it would likely be in the second round. But who knows? Hurts might be a first round pick, late first round pick. The Packers and the Chargers both had meetings to set uh, set up with him and have done virtual calls. Both have a veteran in as a starter and expected to look to the future. So, but like. All three of us and our opinions are one thing. Do you guys buy into what I'm saying? I legitimately don't think... I think the only Tua discussions or quarterback discussions that the Vikings are having right now internally about about specifically their first two picks, the first-round picks, I think the discussion is, all right, what, what type of trade should we make if one of these guys falls into our lap? I don't think they're thinking, okay, let's draft one and then figure out what to do with Kirk Cousins and... The future of this position. I don't think they're thinking quarterback. I think they're committed to Kirk Cousins. I've never been so unsure as to what the hell they are thinking, and I can't tell who thinks what, and that's my problem. Like, yes, if you went to Zim right now, he would be like, no, we're not going to draft a a QB. We just signed Kirk, and I've got my defense to address needs. Uh, So I think Mike's answer would be one thing, but as far as Rick goes, Rick is here's the interesting dilemma that Rick Spielman faces. If Tua gets to you or if you see a chance to go up without mortgaging everything to go get him, Tua presents an opportunity to answer the one question that, and keep in mind, Phil, he arrived here in 2007, that is, he's never answered. Tua allows the opportunity to get that potential generational. You know, Christian Ponder was never going to be a generational talent, good or bad, and he was obviously bad. But Tua gives you that potential. And that's why I keep saying, is there a point in time where a guy like Rick uh, severs himself from Mike and largely says, I can't pass this up? I don't know. Oh, go ahead, Rami. It's happened. We've seen this happen, guys. Quarterbacks who look like generational QBs, and as we get closer and closer to the draft, you start hearing this about them, that about them, this about them, that about them, and slowly but surely... They keep on going down the board and down the board and down the board. Right before we came on the air, Matthew Collar pointed out Lamar Jackson won a Heisman, was talked about as the number one pick, didn't go till 32. Judd, you said Aaron Rodgers isn't going to happen again. I got news for you. It already has. His name is Lamar Jackson. Nah, that's, a di- that, that's different. Nobody ever came out and talked about uh, Rodgers switching positions. Rodgers is a different one. Teddy and Lamar, because... Teddy was foreseen as the number one overall pick in his draft the year before and then had the bad pro day. So I think that those two guys are different. Rodgers and Alex Smith were tied together as the logical number one pick and then one free fell to to 24. So I think there's a difference there. Uh, But that being said, if Tua starts to fall and you're the Vikings, and I think if you decide, well, we can't, we don't need that, that's a grave mistake. I don't think the Vikings trade up. I'm with Mackie on that. But if he slips to 22... 
I think all bets are off, and that's something that they would consider. Well, I will. I'll give you a little bit of Vikings history from 22 years ago, and that I guarantee you, the Vikings in 1998 weren't going into the draft actively seeking out a wide receiver in the first round when they had Jake Reed and Chris Carter on their roster. But when the draft starts to play out the way that it did, and Randy Moss is sitting there in the teens, you know, I think it was what 21st, whatever the. The, the, was it 18, 20? I think it was somewhere in there. Late teens. 21, yep. 22, yeah. And they decided, Early listen, 20s. man, I mean, this dude's sitting here. He's got a couple yeah. asterisks, but let's take a shot. Uh, Moss's asterisks were not injury-related, and so that's a little bit different with Tua. But we'll see. And we have an announcement regarding our draft coverage and regarding Score North's week leading up to the NFL draft and the Vikings draft. We will announce that on Monday. In fact, let's uh, let's just make it so that we announce it on Monday at noon at the top of Rami's show, Ooh, Score North Live. I get to make the big announcement? Yeah, you and I will make it together nice. before WrestleMania Rewind. Outstanding. On Monday. Outstanding. So uh, we've got Random Season Recall coming up. We've got Action Movie Rewind. But our friend Kevin Doran from 5 Eyewitness News, anchor and reporter and friend of the Mackie and Jeb with Rami show, why don't you give us a little good coronavirus-related news as it pertains to Minnesota? I think I saw something come across for uh, those of us golf enthusiasts that we can be excited about. That is true starting at 5 a.m. tomorrow, thanks to a new executive order by Governor Tim Walz. The Minnesota golf courses are going to open. Driving ranges, um, outdoor shooting ranges, bait shops, boating services, all those kinds of businesses covered under this new executive order. However, the governor is urging everybody to maintain social distancing, which he says is working, and to try and recreate closer to home because if we drive up north and go to the golf courses or fishing, uh, you know, those, those rural medical facilities aren't prepared to handle big outbreaks. But so, it's, you know, the governor promised that these things would happen um slowly if we proved that the infections weren't spreading rapidly and and like he also said today by the way in the short run he doubts we'll see target field open and full of people but we will see a lot of smaller businesses related to recreation and sports uh opening back up um and again he said short run this is not a statement about baseball long term or anything like that he just said short run so yeah good news today um you know, I got a friend who works at a golf course, and uh, I, as I told him today, you know, they've been letting the employees golf for free while practicing social distancing. Yeah. I said, your free golf is over, buddy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but, but anyway, so that is great news. And, you know, one other thing he said is that a lot of these businesses have demonstrated that they can do this and keep people safe. And that's one reason he was happy to give it the green light, and they're going to reevaluate this every day, you know. Um, interesting today that um, uh, the governor, um, there were more protesters outside the governor's residence today, and this is from uh, a group who wants him to reopen the economy quicker. Um, you'll see pictures on the news tonight. These protesters were not um, really practicing social distancing, which is unfortunate. Um but this morning, President Donald Trump tweeted, Liberate Minnesota, which is the name used by the organizers of this demonstration out in front of the um, governor's mansion today. And the president also, by the way, went after other Democratic governors in, in states that have also issued stay-at-home orders. So this afternoon during his 2 o'clock call with reporters, 
the governor said right after the president tweeted that, he tried calling the president and the vice president to talk, but he got no response back. He says he will fight to the death to protect demonstrators' rights to protest, but he's asking the president publicly what he thinks Minnesota should be doing differently. Walt says he's doing everything the White House is telling him to do and more. Of course, just yesterday, the president told the nation's governors, you're going to call your own shot. And he did this while he was unveiling guidelines to ease social distancing. So a little bit of politics got involved in the whole thing today, um, you know, which is, you know, is, is unfortunate, but that's what, that's what we're, we're doing today. Um, Department of Health reports 159 new COVID-19 cases today. The state's total now over 2,017 deaths overnight, which is the largest single-day total so far. Uh, 111 Minnesotans have died. However, more than 1,000 people have also recovered. Um, there's a situation down in Worthington right now in southwestern Minnesota at the JBS Pork Processing Plant. This is a huge plant. 30 cases in Worthington have been found, 12 confirmed at the plant. They suspect, suspect there might be more. Uh, this pork pot, JBS is Worthington's largest employer with 2,000 workers. The plant is still open. It's running. The state sent in healthcare resources to protect workers and the community. Um, you know, many of these workers are immigrants who commute every day from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which is only an hour away. And of course, in Sioux Falls is where this gigantic Smithfield pork processing plant, which is one of the late nation's largest hotspots for COVID, um, was forced to close earlier in the week after hundreds of workers tested positive. So they're throwing a lot of resources down there in Worthington. Um, they don't want that plant to shut down. Um, leaders of meat processing plants nationwide are saying we will not see shortages because of this. Uh, so don't expect, you know, much of a change at the grocery store. They say the problem is getting the food from the farm to the processing plant. It's not the processing plant itself shutting down. Well, Rami, Rami just wants to make sure that when the meat does get to the deli that it is properly sliced. I picked and up ribs and well. a giant pork shoulder the other day at the grocery <laughs> oh, nice. store. Just, just in case. Just in case. You I never know. know. I, I, I'm just curious. What are you going to do with those those ribs? How do you make those? Um, well, I would smoke them normally, but because of the draconian laws that don't allow me to have a grill or a smoker in my apartment <laughs> building... I'll probably I'll probably put them on the grill. Low and slow is the way to always yeah, cook ribs, Kevin. Right. Low and slow, yeah. baby. Yeah. They'll come out tender yeah. as a mother's same, love. Same thing with your pork butt there. That's, That's the right. Yes, that. the pork butt um, I can put in the get, slow cooker. You guys can get a room, yeah. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Stay socially distanced. <laughs> I'm yeah. concerned, concerned about the food being contaminated by these people who tested positive, but that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, one, one thing about that, in all seriousness, they, they say it shouldn't be a concern, like the Smithfield plant that shut down in Sioux Falls, which is like just gigantic. Um, they, did, they made sure anything dated when these people turned up sick. That's not being sold. And it's interesting, Smithfield is, they take Minnesota farmers' pork, or the hogs, ship them to China to have them processed, and then they ship them back. At least that's the way they've done it. Believe it or not, it's actually cheaper to do that in some situations. That is all stopped now. So everything that's being processed is you know, done here right in the U.S. Um, I got a couple of good news stories for you. Good, yeah. Uh, you know, Girl Scout cookie selling was cut short because of the coronavirus, but now you can order them online. Wow. Have your cookies shipped right to home. The fee is 12 bucks, but if you order five or more boxes, 
uh, shipping is half off. Has anyone ever ordered less than fewer than five boxes of Girl Scout cookies? I mean, did you hear this thing that Bush Beer is doing? Um, They're offering couples who've had to postpone their weddings during the pandemic a year of free beer. Wow. Just post a photo on Twitter explaining how you're planning to celebrate. Include the hashtags Bush Wedding Gift and Sweepstakes for a chance to the prize. The contest ends May 1st. Um, Might have to propose. (laughs) 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 And then then one other thing. um, um, Everybody is staying at home, but the Rolling Stones have agreed to join Lady Gaga, Paul McCartney, Stevie Wonder, Billy Irish for a TV special this weekend aimed at fighting the coronavirus pandemic. It's called One World Together at Home. It's a two-hour event. We're going to air it. Uh, Saturday at 7 p.m. on 5 Eyewitness News. It's also on other networks, but we sure hope you watch 5 Eyewitness News. And they're also celebrating healthcare workers on the front line. So, you know, there is some good news going on. I think people are going to be very happy about the golf courses, especially, you know, fishing openers right around the corner the weekend of May 9th. It's actually early this year, so bait shops are going to be open. I'm sure the DNR is going to issue guidelines about social distancing. I've already said if you pull up to a ramp and it's crowded, just Wait your turn, wait back, everybody be patient. But I don't know if I've ever been to a boat ramp where anybody is patient. Um, so we're all going to have to, you know, bring our extra patience with us. And, and I'm sure there are going to be a lot of people so happy. The weekend tomorrow is supposed to be beautiful. Get out on the golf course uh, again. Get your tee times now. I'm sure they're going to book up fast. Awesome, man. That is Kevin Doran, our friend from 5 Eyewitness News. And uh, the headline here, if you're a golf nerd like me, you can go golfing at various courses starting tomorrow. So, Kevin, be safe this weekend, yep. and uh, we'll talk to you next week sometime, all right? Okay, back to more reckless speculation. I appreciate it. <laughs> Bye-bye. Reckless speculation. Man, that's the brand. I'm a big Kevin Doran guy, man. He's such a good guy. So uh, hopefully this thing that's going to that's gonna be running this, like Rolling Stones, Lady Gaga, you can catch it on Channel 5. This weekend, hopefully, it's not as weird as John Bon Jovi with a bunch of elementary school kids on a Zoom call. Have what was that? Who no. thought? Who he's thought? Like writing songs. John Bon Jovi looks like he's ninety now, by the way, because people can't go to their hairstylist. <laughs> who anymore. thought little kids want to hear from John Bon Jovi? I mean, I'm sure their moms were thrilled on the Zoom call, but who thought little kids <laughs> wanted to hear about from John Literary Bon Jovi? <laughs> And by the way, I heard John Bon Jovi on on Stern the other day, and he was doing a video. He was doing like a Zoom video interview, and uh, behind him, he sh- he showed Howard. He has one of Bill Belichick's hoodies what? that was gifted to him by Bill Belichick, and he has yeah. it framed and hanging on his wall. He's got a game worn hoodie. He's got a game worn crafter super tight. He's got That's a game worn sleeves cut Bill Belichick hoodie framed uh, on the wall of his office he- behind his desk. He's in Kraft's suite constantly, right? Yeah, he it, is. It's Kraft, Kraft's kid, Jonathan, I think, and Bon Jovi. But isn't that kind of weird? I feel like John Bon Jovi, isn't he more of a New Jersey and Philly guy than a Boston guy? Definitely a Jersey guy. Yeah, he, uh, he explained that in the interview, too. He befriended Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells when they were the coaches of the oh, Giants okay. way back when, and has just his he and his loyalties have followed them everywhere they went. So, so he's been a Cowboys fan, he's wow. been a Patriots fan, a Jets fan, blah, blah, blah. So Bill Belichick has been partying with Bon Jovi since the 80s. Yes. Bill Belichick, if you ever got a real documentary, the real stuff, I think Bill Belichick is an interesting cat. Like, I think this guy has a lot going on that we don't know about. 
I mean, they've done a couple documentaries, the one with him and Saban, but it was just them, like, basically lighting candles the and one putting with, mood lighting on for football film. The one with, with uh, Belichick and Parcells was fantastic, but I think there's a whole lot of behind-the-scenes Belichick. Do you think he has, like, different volumes and pitches to his voice? Because all I ever hear is this. Oh, yeah. No, I think, I, I think Bill's got some partying ways that would be very impressive. Like, I imagine Bill Belichick getting done with a Bon Jovi song and being like, I'm on to Bruce Springsteen. Like, that's... <laughs> You think you like football? Bill Belichick doesn't just like football. He loves football. They're all good. Yeah, they're all good. So, yeah, every one of them. Treadwell, um, Thielen, Diggs, Rudolph, the backs, quarterback. um, They can pick. They're all good. Treadwell. I love how he starts with Treadwell. I like to um, I don't know. I haven't really thought about how it correlates. It's just trying to do my thing. And... Sne- sneaky, sneaky good at partying, my guess, Bill Belichick. Oh, I believe it, dude. I bet Steve Belichick is sneaky good at partying. Oh, oh I bet that's Steve not sneaky. Belichick. I bet that's not sneaky. That guy parties for sure. That guy gets in, into the parking lot in, in Foxborough and starts slamming beers. And then drives home. And maybe more. <laughs> oh, yeah, it might be more. Steve Belichick snorts the 30-yard line when he Whoa. gets Whoa. Hey. That I don't know. That I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I haven't really thought about how it correlates. He's just trying to do my thing. I thought you were going to say the uh, some weed, because I could see that. He's pretty mellow. Uh, new segment alert when we come back. And action movie rewind in 30 minutes here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Score North and the free-to-download Score North app. Let's talk about one of our partners here, Federated Mutual Insurance Company, which during these times, Federated just wants to express their gratitude for one thing that remains true, your American spirit. All of you medical professionals, all of you rescue workers out there, thank you so much for your service. Federated appreciates it greatly. And thank you to our local businesses here. We just got an update there in the last segment from Kevin Doran from 5 Witness News and Sounds like there are some plans for some local businesses to be able to resume operating at a certain level, including golf courses. Local businesses are our community partners, our neighbors, our families, our friends. And when you need Federated as a business owner, Federated is here to help you. You can visit federatedinsurance.com or call your local Federated marketing representative to access trusted resources you may need. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. Jonathan here with the Score North download. This download powered by PodMN over at scorenorth.com right now. You can find part five of a five-part series by Judd Zolgad that looks at the draft memories over the past 20 years of Vikings first-round selections. The past couple, or the first four parts of that series started off looking at the 2012, 2011, 2007, 2005 draft. So part five looks at another early 2000s draft by the Vikings and how that played out for them. So go check that out right now over at scorenorth.com and the free Score North mobile app as this article is free. And all of our content is free for a, I don't know, according to Rami, a limited time, but seems like that's going on forever. So keep going, keep checking out the free Score North website and Score North mobile app. That's when your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Jonathan Rami. All right. Thank you, Jonathan. By the way, tweet from Josina Anderson earlier here. Did you just bring this up in your update and I wasn't listening or 
This Justine Anderson, the Anthony, Anthony Harris tweet. We brought that up in Purple Daily. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I space out and then like repeat something Jonathan just said in the it's update. It's okay. When you I was be the uh, first host not to listen to my updates. When I was an update guy, the host would just tell me, "I'm not listening to you." Like when <laughs> I'd be like, "I just brought this up in the update." He would just flat, flat out be like, "I'm not listening to you." Caller you flat out told me earlier this week he doesn't listen to the updates, so it's okay. <laughs> they are, I'm not offended. They are meaningful though. Yeah, they are meaningful. I'd be mad. No, I'm not offended. I'd I'm kind of used to people not listening to me. You know what was that? Put your What'd foot you down. Put your foot down, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> Slam something. I have a four-year-old who doesn't listen. Tell us more. No, it's just being a dad. <laughs> well, at four, yeah, I'm not no, sorry. I, I don't, now I don't even want to continue with the say. I feel bad for Jonathan. He just, yeah, he just no tried to do an update and nobody listened to it. It's fine. Like I said, I'm used to it. This is just normal life for me. <laughs> Go home and get tuned out by your wife and kid. Although being tuned out by the wife, no big deal. <laughs> That's called Monday through Sunday. <laughs> right, honey? Jeez, I wasn't listening. Up. No, no, no. That's not an insult of my wife. I love Dawn. But if I ever thought that she truly listened to me, I'd be afraid. <laughs> I ramble and she doesn't listen. That's fine. I'm comfortable with it. Friday fun day turned into Friday vent day. No, no. It's Friday realization day. <laughs> Boys, I feel like I'm gaining weight. <laughs> Guys, I go home to nobody every day. You got a dog. I do have a dog. Yeah, you got a dog and you got a cool Walter Payton thing poster. Got a bottle of Jameson on my lunch break, too. So he's waiting for me. You got a bottle or you drank a bottle? No, I, no comment. <laughs> I, got, I, I, Guys, I got a bottle when I was on lunch. Did you just refer to a bottle of Jameson as he? Yeah. I'm going to go have a talk with my guy Jameson right after the show today. You know what, Rami? I got more power to you. Last night, last night I gave my guy Jim a little uh, little ice bath. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. We all saw it on the happy hour. You were swishing around real nice. Got Jameson and Schwepp. They're waiting for me right now at the house. Dimming the lights. Just ready make to, sure you social distance. Ready for a good time. All right, new. Wow, we're all quarantining together. Okay. New, new segment alert here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. We're going to call this Random Season Recall. And because Judd and I have been stalwarts here, I'm 34, Judd is 50, and we've been watching Minnesota sports for several decades. We feel like we have a pretty good, pretty good mind and memory for Minnesota sports and some pretty good recall. And so uh, Rami on Fridays is just literally going to pick a random season out of a hat. Vikings, Twins, mm-hmm. Wild Wolves could be anything, and he's just going to throw stuff at us and see how much we can recall from random Minnesota sports seasons. So let's fire this up, Rami. The first edition of Random Season. Jonathan, recall. who do you like in this? Who do you think has a better a better grasp, a stronger knowledge of Minnesota sports history between Mackey and? Well, Jeff? I mean, someone's got a fifteen year head start on the other one. <laughs> and also, sure. so. and also, going to give the head start. The, we're only doing the teams. On this one. We're only doing teams in your lifetime, though, right? We're not going too far back. Well, we could go back to like Judd's lifetime. And, okay, you know, and it depends on years too. All right. Well, like if we go '96 Twins, advantage Mackey for sure, because I was drunk that year. <laughs> <laughs> 
But if we go <laughs> 84 twins, advantage me. Now I was a drunk at 14, okay? Okay. All right. So I got for you guys today the 2005 Minnesota Vikings. Does anybody remember? what? How are we going to do this, by the way? Do I go Mackie gets to try and then Judd and then, then Judd will get to try on the second question and then Mackie? How do you guys want to do this? Sure, yeah. Why don't you uh, just uh, give us each tailored questions and we'll see if we can answer them. All right. And by the way, I'm sure these will spin out. Like, Judd covered that team. As Jonathan, are you keeping so. score? Are you taking a tally over there? I mean... If we're going to start this and we're going to do NFL, we have to have Thank you. NFL films. But yes, I'll keep score. Good producer. Way to go, Jonathan. Phil Mackey, what was the record of the 2005 Minnesota Vikings? The 2005, and by the way, no looking, no Googling, no nothing. We're all video streaming here on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. Scoring on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. So you can see if we're, eyes up, eyes up, everybody. No Googling. If I remember correctly, this team started slow and then made a run down the stretch. And they wound up finishing hot but not hot enough. And I think it was a 9-7 and seven finish. It was indeed a 9-7 and seven finish. Okay. Give a point to Mackey. They won on the last day of the season. Judd Zolgad. Yes. What place in the NFC North was that 9-7 and seven finish good for us there? Where did they finish in the NFC North? Did they finish? In 2005. Did, they, did they finish second that year? They finished second that year. Yeah. Point for Judd. Pretty good. Well done, sir. Pretty good. All right. Let's, let's story, dig a little deeper, gentlemen. The, the story of how the season ended and well, what happened in the locker room. At are the we end. also are we also going to talk about the bye week? Because I mean, if you're talking about the 2005 Vikings, and you're not talking about a three hour cruise. <laughs> A three-hour tour. <laughs> I really think you're missing the point. All right, here's the I next. Mean, here's the I'll next. sit right back if you want to tell a tale. Oh. Here's the next trivia question: Who had the Thanks, most? Who had the most fun on the love boat? <laughs> oh, that would be the left tackle, Brian McKinney. <laughs> I think Smoothie had a lot of fun, but I think Mac had the had the. Um, Sounds Best to me stories. like Brian McKinney might have dished out the most fun as well uh, on the love yes. boat, if you know what I'm saying. Yep. As as Berkey said, what's wrong with our strippers here? Why you got to bring them in from Atlanta? What's so? I'd be offended. I think Burke's line was, I'd be offended if I was a Minnesota stripper because they imported them from Atlanta. I've never been to Atlanta, but I know people who have. Yep. And I've heard it is the, the Mecca for strip clubs. Well, from what I then we have something to aspire to here in the Twin Cities. <laughs> The ATL. The blueprint the ATL. is out there. If you're wondering why Rami's doing a show, Score North Live, for a week from Atlanta, there, you have your answer now. From the newly minted Rami's Cabaret, it's Rami Makalov and a rotating In fairness, cast. though, I haven't had a chance. From have, Atlanta. I haven't had a chance to go on a scouting trip here in Minnesota yet either. So, <laughs> Research and development. Don't, so I don't know. Don't put that on your expense Yeah, board. you can't expense that. No. <laughs> How would you get creative with that one? What, what, like, a, also, scouting report. Let's say you went and did some. You did some scouting and oily uh, hips. You brought. Geez. Yeah, you you delivered, Rami. I didn't know what you'd say, but I knew you delivered. Wow, this trivia is not off the rails. If you brought if you brought fifty one dollar bills to do some research, yes, could you get a receipt, an itemized receipt, like? Is, sure that a, is that a request that I don't know. has been made before? I'm guessing it's been attempted, right? There's no way in, in the history of man that that has not been attempted. That somebody hasn't tried to put couldn't a strip club were, on their expense you report? Just like Sports writers. Bill it <laughs> as like food and you're taking a client out to lunch? Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. I bet that's those, been done. Uh, it was taking Bob from account temps. <laughs> <laughs> I should come up with account temps. <laughs> 
<laughs> Just pulled a count temps out of thin air. <laughs> Phil Mackey, content director. <laughs> All right, Phil Anyhow, Mackey. Back to the trivia, my friend. Who led the 2005 Minnesota Vikings? And this is a trickier question than it may sound like. I'll give you that warning. Who led the 2005 Minnesota Vikings in passing yards? That would be Brad Johnson taking over for the decimated knee injury uh, Dante Culpepper, It indeed right? was Brad Johnson. Right? Yeah. Not by much. Only 300 yards. Was that all? Yeah. Dante wow. only played like five games. No. Uh, he's seven. He, seven. he started okay. seven and Brad Johnson started the last nine. He got hurt in game eight. Okay. With the uh, bye week, Dante I was got not good in those games either. No, he was the not. knee injury was not like the knee injury was not the only reason why his quarterback career took a. I won't ask you, Judd, who led the uh, team in touchdown passes because Brad Johnson did that and by a wide, wide margin. Brad was uh, good. Rushing is. yards, Judd Zolgad, who led the 2005 Minnesota Vikings in rushing yards. Can this be right? Am I looking at this right? That it can't w- be right. It could be. It, it very there well. Was some, those, there okay. were some seasons there before they landed Peterson. Right. Where I'm going to say a name. I'm going to say a name of a guy that was on that team, but I don't think it's the answer. Okay, so don't hold this one. Don't hold me to the first name. I'm going to say Michael Bennett was on that team, and I'm pretty sure that was his last year as a Viking. In fact, I know that to be the case. But I think they were led in rushing by Moel D. Moore. Is that right, Rami? You are correct. 662 <laughs> yards from Moel D. Moore. Think, okay, say that again. 662 <laughs> yards for Moel Day Moore. Michael Bennett put up a whopping was 473. On, was Ontario Smith still on the Vikings in 2005? Uh, no, he is not on the. He roster. was. I the, think he was jettisoned. Of the draft. I think he was jettisoned or suspended for the year in the off season. Okay, <laughs> right. He might have been on the inactive restricted list that year. Okay. This is where it gets tough. Well, Moore wasn't tough. <laughs> Just wait. Who led the 2005 Minnesota Vikings in rushing touchdowns? Phil Mackey. Oh my god. Because my guess probably would have been Ontario Smith. I'm glad I sniffed that one out. Uh, well, it wasn't. It wasn't Mweldy because he was. He was not the goal line back. Who are the other running backs on if that? You team? get this. I'm going to be legit impressed. Same. Dude. Be thoroughly impressed. Oh, are you, you know looking at this, Jonathan? Too? You're looking yeah. at. Okay, yeah. I'm not. Answering the question. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, that's fine. Looking. That's fine, right. John. Can I ask, Judd, do you know the answer? Not off my head. No. Nope. Okay. Nope. I can give you off, Judd. Nope. So I'm Who not going to. other running backs on that team? I don't remember this ever being a person. <laughs> much less a running back. <laughs> what? <in the> NFL. <laughs> I don't remember. It was Moeldy Moore. You had Michael Bennett. You had Ontario Smith. Um, Mo Williams. Was he still on the Vikings? Yeah, I think he, he might have been still back on the Vikings. Yes. Yeah, that sounds right. I'm going to guess that's not right, though. Okay. Mo Williams is my guess. Judd for the steal, I guess? Yeah, Judd gets a chance to steal, because that was not right. That, that was incorrect. Judd? Okay, 2005 Vikings rushing touchdown leader. This is, and the number is just so sad. <laughs> Was it, was it like five? Four. Oh. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean. Yeah. Did you say 662 yards for Moeldy Moore? That was, yes. I mean, that's pathetic in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, rushing touchdown leader. I'm going to guess it was something. I'm going to guess it was a bizarre um, case of with four if someone got handed the ball. That, Who was the, like, there's got to be a fullback or something. Uh, if you guys are looking wait, for clues, wait. I'm not giving them. Wait. Yeah. All right. I'm probably wrong. 
Jim Kleinsasser? No. No. Theatric Faison. Oh, I, I was literally going to bring him theatric up. I was going to bring Faison. him up. <laughs> oh, yeah, Theatric Fifth round, round pick yeah. out of Florida. Fifth yeah. round pick out of Florida. Yeah, that's really pathetic, though. Oh, All right. Theatric Faison. How did they go 9-7 and seven <laughs> with no those idea, statistics? Man. I have no idea. So they had no running game whatsoever. I mean, Brad Childers really had his work cut out for him in 2006. Amazing. I wish I would have asked who the head coach was because it was Mike Tice. <laughs> I thought for sure you'd know that. So I didn't ask the question. No, I, no. <laughs> Can we take a point away? Um, all right. So now it's Judd's question, right? Because yes. he was trying to steal Mackey's. All right. Sure, sure. Uh, Judd. Yes. Who led the 2005 Minnesota Vikings in receptions? Now, this is another tough one. It because, is. Because the receiving core was not pretty. And I believe it was oh, I cut a bunch of. Um, now you know what? I bet it was a tight end. You said what was the category? Catches, catches, receptions, receptions. Yep. Oh, I got this. I bet it wasn't a wide receiver. I bet it was a tight end. I bet it was my guy, Jermaine Wiggins. That was my guess. It was indeed Jermaine Wiggins. Wow. You are correct. <laughs> he was. Man, was he a character. Famous for saying, I think that he will play any night of the week. Doesn't matter if it's Sunday night, Monday night. Oh, got the great Boston accent. Tuesday night. Yeah. I think he does radio in Boston. <laughs> he now. does. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, does he really? Yeah, he's man. got the great Boston accent. It's a personality for sure. All right. Uh, Mackie, receiving yards. Who led the Minnesota Vikings in receiving yards in 2005? All right. This is where I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember who the actual receivers were on this team. I believe it was some combination of like Corin Robinson... Am I a year early on this one? I'm going to say Travis Taylor. Did Travis Taylor? 604 yards for oh, Travis well Taylor. Yeah. I have one more question for you, and I believe you guys are tied right now. Are you got Jonathan, are yes. they tied right now? Yeah. All yep. right. I have, one three, more, three. I have one more question. Just one more question. Whoever screams out the answer first Gets the- <laughs> will be our winner today. All right? You guys ready? Right, random season recall here. This is great. Who led in receiving touchdowns in 2005? Receiving touchdowns for the Minnesota Vikings in 2005. Marcus uh, Robinson. Robinson. You got it. Mackie's your winner for today. Okay. And what's the story of Marcus Robinson? Was it 05 or? No, it was 06 when Childress cut him on on, uh, Christmas Eve. He was mad at him, so he (laughs) cut him on Christmas Eve. And then the team, the next game that, that they played the Rams, the team completely rolled over and didn't care and got destroyed. Yeah, Brad Childress six was, and ten. Brad Childress, Childress lacked a little little bit of tact and empathy. I think you could say. I feel like I feel like though that isn't he the one who held, withheld Troy Williamson's paycheck? Yes, because he's at his grandma's funeral. Well, he missed, a, but he missed a week, yeah. and then he kept not coming back. And then yeah, uh, Brad tried not to pay him, and then they got, he was gone a little long. Well, he's gone a week for grandma dying, which is sad, but. Uh, I feel like we missed a golden opportunity here for <laughs> love. Ball, for love. We was gone for a while. I mean, I mean, I mean, come on. You got to come back at some point in time, right? I mean, you know, God bless Grandma. I know she passed, but you got a game against the Chargers coming up. You got to prepare for it. Um, I feel like we missed the opportunity for a little love boat trivia, though, don't you? Well, in fairness, I sprung this segment on on Rami. I'm not blaming Rami. I'm like blaming us. An hour before the show, I'm but, blaming us. Yeah. I feel like we should. Well, have what been... would be the Love Boat trivia? Is there are there statistics? What was the name of the boat company? <laughs> Helen Almas. 
<laughs> who who broke what media outlet broke the story originally? It was Channel Five, right here. No, they didn't no? Break, no, no, no. They went dumpster diving. Oh, okay. It was Care. It was Care who just had this periphery report. Something happened, and somebody called the cops, and then we're all like, "What?" <laughs> and the next thing you know, uh, it was because they they got caught because somebody. The original story was that when they got done on the boat, was it Smoot who decided to pull over and and had to urinate, and he did so in somebody's yard, and so they called the cops so about it. He was it. just bombed and yeah, and so he, to... yeah, and so then they called the cops, and then somebody got the news, and then and then the story goes that they had for all of the things that this team did. This is the stupidest thing of all time. They allowed the Allen Almas high school employees, who were the servers, to work the boat. So they literally import- so they, they brought strippers in from Atlanta, yes, and they, could, they couldn't pay a couple hundred bucks for like some professional. All they had to do was tell them, "We don't want high school kids. We don't want your workers. Like we need your boat guy. That's fine. The guy can drive the boat, but we are going to employ." The the uh, servers. Did anyone ever ask any of the organizers, Fred Smoot, Bryant McKinney, about that specific thing, that little detail that they missed? No, but I'd love to go back now, and I think we probably should. I mean, that's uh, that, we should get Fred Smoot on just to ask him that question. Like, why didn't you make sure there weren't kids from Minnetonka High School working on Dude, that boat? Can you guys imagine? Like, you, we all had summer jobs, and you know, you're 17 years. I worked at Played Again Sports in Buffalo when I was 16, 17 years old. Like, can you imagine wherever your summer job was, all of a sudden an NFL team comes in with strippers and throws a wild sex party? And you're just like, yeah, like, I, you're, I like you have that. to like, do your job and like. I'd be yeah. like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I can definitely imagine that. What? I'm down with this. I actually have. I've imagined that. <laughs> Rami, it's Rami's dream. Play the, play the dream music. Rami? Oh, Rami, can I get another cocktail? Oh, server. Hey, Rami, Rami, wake up. Stop staring. Yeah, boy, that was, uh, that was something. I was working the Mike Tice show as an intern when that happened. Oh, and, fun time. And like Mike Tice came in. I can't remember. It, it it happened on like a Tuesday, right? Whatever the bye week. Well, I yeah. don't remember what day of the week it was. And then it blew up, I think, the next week when they came back, right? Okay. And he had to come on and do his hour-long radio yep. show and <laughs> tap dance around this. And, you know, I mean, well, he thought it was hilarious, by the way. <laughs> The team put him, but not. It was like hilarious, like behind the scenes. Yeah. He couldn't be. He couldn't treat it as hilarious yeah. on the show, right? But the mo- but the ridiculous thing was the team made him instead of bringing down like a VP or a lawyer. The team made Tice answer every question, and I'll never forget. They did that with the Peterson thing and Spielman too, right? At like first, Spielman but then they got it in. right. But then at least they fixed that one. Yeah. This was like a week of Tice being grilled about this boat thing. And a TV, the, my favorite all time, a TV station, because th- this was all hardcore news people, right? So we're not talking sports people. We're talking the news people. It's going to lead the news e- every night. TV station brought a guy in who asked Tice flat out, is it true or not that you used the fine funds to part for the boat party? And, of course, Tice's like, no, we don't use the... And the TV station that night led with, it's not true that the Vikings were using their fine funds for the boat party. You're saying, like, when players get fined internally, there was an accusation that... They used those funds for the (laughs) boat party because you had to pay for the strippers. That's amazing. But then they led their news, or they worked into their news, and it was not the fine folks downstairs at Channel 5. But they went into the news then with, it's not true. 
But, I mean, it was never suggested, as far as I know, by anybody but that TV station. So, was this, I can't remember, was this a national story? Yes. Was this, like, on SportsCenter and stuff? Yeah. Okay. yeah, it became a big deal. How Are many, you kidding? How many arrests were football there? Football and sex. It was... Uh, it there were because I went to one of the trials. I I went to the Culpepper Mo Mo Williams Culpepper, and was it one other player were put on? I, I mean, not try you know put on trial in yeah. air quotes. They weren't going to jail, but I went to the testimony one day, and I'll never forget Mo Williams was on the stand, and they're asking him about you know strippers and is this your lifestyle? And I'll never forget Mo's response to one question was, "I've taken my mom to strip clubs." Yeah, we, every mom. every Easter, it's and great. I do believe that Mo, Easter egg fine. I do believe that Mo had to pay a fine. Okay. Call Pepper claimed that he was gambling on the back of the boat on the deck for the entire time. I think if so, you're taking your mom to the strip club, your relationship with your mom is way too good. Like what? You're way too cool with mom if you're taking mom to the strip I'm club. With Robbie, super right? Weird. I never took mom to way too club. tight. Super weird. Yeah, I never. Wait, uh, I don't remember if it was 2004 or 2005, but uh, my friends and I in college went to Mexico four straight years for spring break. You just get one of those. You know, you put two or three guys in a room, and you you wind up with like an all inclusive, super fun. And we went to Puerto Vallarta one of those spring breaks. And I'll never forget being at some random like Senior Frogs or I don't know some random bar with a mechanical bull, and those are. I think they've clamped down on some of this stuff at some of the spring break places, but this was like full like wet ter- wet t shirt contest night, just a bunch of creepy, you know, seventeen to nineteen year olds out and about from the states, and so they're doing like this mechanical bull thing, and they're like pouring pitchers of water on the gals, and like me and my nerdy friends are like, oh my god, it's great, and guess who's got the VIP seats right next to the mechanical bull in Puerto Vallarta at a random senior frogs. Dante Culpepper and Michael Bennett. Nice. And a bunch of other things. That is the least surprising thing of all time. It's amazing. The boat, but by the, the way, the best thing about the boat and the one guy who literally missed the boat, Michael Bennett, came screeching around the corner and got there a second too oh, late. No. He, saw it, he saw it going out. They, into yes. The sea. Yes. Oh, but, but the story, Poor but if kid. Michael Bennett. Could write a book about his career now, it would be called I Missed the Boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. That is Random Season Recall on Mackie and Judd with Rami, a new segment that we might have to just end right there after that. That was a mic drop right there from Judd. All right. Missed the Boat? It's time, boys. Yes. It is time when we come back for Action Movie Rewind. Are you guys fired up for this? This this might be Judd's favorite movie of all time. It's either this or Slapshot. Yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm Let's so, go. I'm so excited. Point break when we come back here. After we talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. And the folks at Luther Toyota just want to let you know a couple of things. Number one, they hope you and your family are staying healthy and staying safe during this pandemic time period. And as an approved essential service, they are open for you if you need them. If you need service work on your vehicle right now, Luther Toyota has set up a no-contact service where you either make arrangements for your vehicle to be picked up at your home, or you can drop it off at the dealership. After service is complete, your car will be thoroughly cleaned, and you can review and check out electronically without entering the dealership. If you want to shop for a vehicle still, you can browse the inventory online and make arrangements for a thoroughly cleaned vehicle to be brought to you for a test drive. If you don't need anything right now, that's okay too. Steve, Paula, Ron, and all of my friends, the great team at Luther Brookdale Toyota, 
Just want you and your family to stay safe so we can all get through this healthy together. Thank you. And thank you from myself, Phil Mackey, and also from Luther Brookdale Toyota, uh, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. We could all use a little help while quarantined, and thanks to our many great local partners, Score North Listening Rewards is here to help with some cash relief. All month long, Score North is giving you the chance at $25 to $200 in cash just for listening to us. For your chance at free cash, download the Score North mobile app, register, and you could be a winner. Now, for f***'s sake, does either one of you have anything even remotely interesting to tell me? Caught my first tube this morning. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Welcome to the party, pal. Action Movie Reviews with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Get to the chopper! Yippee-ki-yay, mother... The ultimate rush. Nothing that comes close to it. Not even sex. We are the ex-president. Total commitment. Real thin line between life and death. I'm not a cook. Not tragic to die doing what you love. You want the ultimate. You gotta be willing to pay the ultimate price. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, and please don't forget to vote. You want to nail the bank robbers and be a big hero? Definitely. The ex-presidents are surfers. You're trying to tell me the FBI is going to pay me to learn to surf. Fear causes hesitation. Hesitation will cause your worst fears to come true. They'll take you to the edge. Pass it's going to be a great day, Johnny. The taxpayers of Lancaster, Utah, they knew that they were paying a federal agent to surf and pick up girls. Babes. Big one. The correct term is babes, sir. Yes. This is Action Movie Rewind on Mackie and Judd with Rami. And today's movie is one of Judd's all-time favorite flicks. Is this your all-time favorite? It's right up there. Probably not my all-time favorite, but it is the first film that halfway through I declared, this is garbage and awful, and then I got all the way through and I said, I'd like to apologize. It's genius. And we need to know, and we'll get there, what happened in the second half of the movie that turned Judd's opinion so much on Point Break, which, by the way, has maybe the most simple, to-the-point summary of any action movie we've done so far. The ones we've done so far, you can go back and listen. Mackie and Jump with Rami podcast, Bloodsport, Hard to Kill, and Con Air. And we'll take your suggestions. You can tweet at us, at Phil Mackie, at Jay Zolgad, at Rami is tweeting. Here's the summary of Point Break, gentlemen. Johnny Utah, an FBI agent, goes undercover to unmask a band of thrill-seeking surfers who rob banks. That's it? That's the whole thing? I mean, that pretty much sums it up, but that's it? They didn't put any more effort into it? That's the movie. That's it. It's a 69% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a pretty, not quite as star-studded of a cast as last week's Con Air, but Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze coming Mm -hmm. off a a massive run of hit movies, Lori Petty was in the middle of 
Point Break, League of Their Own, and Free Willy in like a two-year period. She was also Tank Girl. Tank Girl? Yes. What? It was like that? a comic book movie. Yeah. Okay. Jonathan, you don't know about that? No. How do you not know Tank Girl? And then I'm she surprised. like went into hiding for 15 years and re-emerged she had on some issues, right? Orange is the New Black. Didn't Did she, she have some issues? No idea. In that time, I think she might have. Gary Busey. Oh, Peak Gary Busey. Gary Busey. Gary Busey. <laughs> And the only instruction that he got was, be Gary. <laughs> We're going to yeah. change your name, but just be Gary. Honestly, and I told you guys, I had a shocking revelation watching, uh, revelation watching this. I can't wait to hear this, by the way. And it was that at one point in time. Yeah? At one point in film history, Gary Busey was a better actor than Keanu Reeves. Yeah. That, was, that was a thing. That was a real thing. At one point in time, Gary Busey yeah. was a... More skilled actor than Keanu Reeves. I forgot about this point in history. Where did it turn for Gary Busey? Because <laughs> the motorcycle accident where he got brain damage, and I'm not even joking. I'm okay. not being facetious about that or trying to make light of it. He had a motorcycle accident. He suffered some brain damage, and he was never the same again. When was that? Do you remember? Uh, I'll find it. I'll, I'll Google it. Because he you. did Lethal Weapon. He did Bulletproof. In Lethal Weapon, by the way, he's outstanding. Point Break. You want a shot at the title? <laughs> I love it. Which, by the way, we're going to do that movie, too. It's ridiculous. In the that first one? There's like the 14 one. cops circled around, and yeah, he's like the, getting a shot at the title, and you just arrest him. It doesn't make any sense. But Mel, Mel's got to beat him just up. Just arrest him. 1988 was when he uh, got oh, into That's the right around the time of... Uh, His best role was the veteran pitcher in Rookie of the Year, Chet yes. Stedman, Chicago Cubs. <laughs> long time Buddy break. Holly, right? He was Buddy Holly. And he was... Fa- and th- in that, That's when he was actually a very good actor. He is fantastic in that, yes. So... Anyhow, All right. let's start with this question, and we'll lead oh, off yeah. with Judd Zolgad here. Oh, boy. What was your favorite part of the movie Point Break? Now, that's unfair, because there's about 18 of them that I think are fantastic. <laughs> wow. um, I think my favorite part, though, has to be when, when, towards the end, they're in the airplane, and they're all jumping out with parachutes, and Keanu's been kidnapped, basically, and he's left without a parachute, and he says, bleep it, and he just jumps out of the plane. <laughs> yes. And decides to go pursue um, Bodie, right? He just decides to go pursue him. It's amazing. In a midair pursuit, literally, and catches up to him without a shoot. I, I, there's so many great scenes, but that's probably my favorite. Rami Maclaff, what was your favorite part of Point Break? I don't know how this isn't Judd's favorite part. Beach football game, man. Because <laughs> I, I, I knew you were going to bring that up. Beach football game, which was a blatant, blatant attempt to rip off the beach volleyball game in Top Gun. It was yeah. th- they didn't even try to hide it. It was clear as day. This was a rip off of the beach volleyball scene in Top Gun. And this is where I don't think they mentioned it earlier in the movie and I forgot about this particular aspect of the movie and the character development. <laughs> I just said character no, development. No, it's important. It's there was character development. Come on. I, I'm a judge. I, there's legit character development. <laughs> it's Catherine Bigelow, man. Catherine Bigelow did some great stuff. <laughs> but uh, Johnny Utah was an all-American quarterback at Ohio State? Yeah. He right. blew his knee out in the Rose Bowl? Yeah. Forgot all about that part of it. Forgot Le- all about that part of it. Lefty gunslinger. And he chases down Patrick Swayze, tackles him in the water. A little too rough for everybody's liking, but Patrick Swayze, he's impressed. He's impressed by Johnny Utah's tackle, and he tells everybody, back off, all right? This is football. And Johnny Utah is just playing football because Johnny Utah is a football player, dudes. He's a football player. Football. Right. Okay, quick aside. Where does Johnny Utah rank in terms of great action movie names? It's got to be top two or three. 
I don't know if there's a I don't know if there's a name better than Johnny Utah. Mason Storm's pretty yeah. good. I, Johnny Utah's better. But Johnny Utah's yeah yeah it's it's top three. Also like I'll put a top three. Johnny Utah also screams collegiate quarterback at Ohio oh, yeah. State who played in the Rose Bowl and yeah. tore his knee. Like, sure. like if you just all right, so we're trying to figure out a name for a guy who played three years at Ohio State. He was one of the best quarterbacks in the country, tore his knee up, played in a Rose Bowl, and then had to go on to another line of profession. Johnny Utah. And every once in a while, that knee is going to crop up and create real problems when you're chasing bank robbers. All right, Jonathan, your favorite part of Point Break? Uh, It's probably the most disjointed raid I've ever seen in a movie, where just everything (laughs) that could go wrong goes wrong. (laughs) The lawnmower. (laughs) The lawnmower, which gave us this line. Speak into the microphone, squid brain. (laughs) After Keanu Reeves almost gets his face torn off by a lawnmower, and then just <laughs> afterwards, there's an undercover agent within the house, apparently, who just gets all upset. But, you know, why wouldn't the undercover agent or someone who knew that the undercover agent was there say something about yeah. that? This this whole plot is littered with just poor communication among the <laughs> yes. FBI. Poor communication. Yes. There are literally undercover FBI agents at like every, every major turn. scene yeah. in this movie, and, yeah. no and they're not communicating with each other. And the the Ridiculous. last the last bank robbery, yeah. the the off duty cop who's there, yeah, that guy is the most badass person in this whole movie. Like he takes down the whole gang. You don't know he is not in this movie at all. He's not. You never find out his name. And this dude just jumps up off the ground of the bank and starts sharpshooting. The whole gang takes them all out except for Patrick Swayze, and he's who, he's who the movie should have been about. He's the real hero here. There should have been a spinoff, some kind of a spinoff just focused on Patrick Swayze, and like it, it'd be a prequel of some no, kind. There right, should be a spinoff yeah, of that does. off-duty cop who was a badass and took out an killed, entire right? bank robbing gang. He's yeah, dead, right? You do a prequel. Because you knew he'd be dead. Yeah. By the you way, in that, in that raid scene, they they quickly go by it, but Keanu Reeves gets beat up by a naked showering chick. He did. Yeah, she actually it's took the most two disjointed naked showering oh, chick beat right. up Keanu Reeves, and then I believe shot somebody else. Yes. Like took out two people <laughs> in that scene. I think my favorite part of the movie was Small early on when Gary Busey was ashamed <laughs> to say his theory about the ex presidents yes. being surfers, where like they were chatting him. Oh, why don't you tell him your theory? <laughs> He's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> right, and, he start, and he starts pointing at like the tan lines on the back of their like the one guy was mooning one of the burglars was mooning yep. the camera that was his deal right? yeah and uh, yep and Gary Busey was like well if you look at their tan lines and this and this and this and while he's explaining his theory of them being surfers he's also did you guys notice when they're doing their night cop work and they're looking at film so I think it was uh, like a bottle of beer or something that uh, Keanu Reeves is swigging out of. Gary Busey grabs a full bottle of whiskey and is just drinking out of a bottle of whiskey <laughs> during this scene. And he was really Amazing. doing that, too, by, by the way. Yeah. I'm sure that was a full and bottle of like whiskey. probably like 10 different takes by that point. Oh. So, all right, what are some other key observations from Point Break? Can I Justin? tell you guys something that disturbed me? Sure. Really disturbed me. Mm-hmm. The, the climax action scene, one hour into the movie, midway through the movie. Which, by the way, I have to say, great action scene. It has everything you want in an action scene. It's got fast car chases. You got a foot chase. You got punches being thrown. You got you got gut. You got shootouts. Like you, it, it has every element that you want from an action scene. But there was one, and it goes by like that. If you if you're not paying attention, you miss it. There was one moment in that action scene. 
that I got really upset with, guys, and it's when Patrick Swayze was... No, hold on. Yeah, it was Patrick Swayze who he was chasing in the Reagan mask, yep, right? Yep, For like five miles. He, at a, yeah. a ridiculous... At a ridiculous pace. For both yeah, of these nobody, nobody can run that fast for that long, but I'll let that slide, <laughs> right? I'll, State, I'll suspend okay. my disbelief for one second. Yeah. They run through a lady's house. Patrick Swayze oh, yeah. breaks the back yes. door. Yes. They run through a lady's house. Yep. He picks up a dog yep. who resembles my dog. Yes. He picks up a dog, throws it at Patrick Swayze. And Patrick Swayze, being the good guy, instead of just putting this dog down and being like, sorry, I ran through your house, throws the dog up in the air and punts it. Punts the dog like the like. Like the like the biker from Anchorman. That dog didn't do anything to you, man. You're some, you're a cop. You're supposed to be the good guy. You're just going around punting, pe- drop kicking people's dogs. What is wrong with Johnny Utah? Okay. Out of line, dude. Okay, I love <laughs> out of line. I love dogs, and I agree. I agree that the dog did not deserve that fate. But this is where <laughs> the you're dog wrong. do to him. But this is where you're wrong about no character development because Utah was conflicted throughout the course of that film, and his character became more conflicted about the life that he chose to lead because he got sucked in by the presidents. And so the You're saying that was the dark side of Johnny Utah coming out, hunting that dog? But Johnny Utah, as we see at the end, had a very dark side because the character development was was this all-American quarterback from Ohio State who played in a Rose Bowl who infiltrates this gang to do good and to break them up and then legitimately enjoys being one of them. Johnny, Unnecessary, bro. Johnny That's all Utah, I'm saying. But Unnecessary. I'm, right, but it's the character development. Man. I mean, I, I'm kind of with John on this and that by the end of the movie, he clearly doesn't want to be an FBI agent no, anymore. No, he throws just, his badge in the water. Yeah. He's done. Why in that scene, when they Great go scene. through that lady's house, Patrick Swayze runs through with the mask on, Keanu Reeves run through with not a mask on. Clearly, he's probably the good guy. Yet the lady who's in the house attacks him instead of the guy with the mask on. It's a good question. With a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> what? Attacked him with a vacuum good cleaner. Question. Okay. Can I bring up an observation as well about Johnny Utah? Of course. He seems like an otherwise he's 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 quick to pick up surfing and like he's a yeah. quick study. He's a pretty smart guy, and he makes one of the dumbest mistakes in the history of action movies. When he's at that hot dog stand or whatever, right? He's getting lunch on the side of the street. And the ex-presidents go in for what I believe was their 31st bank robbery in a three-year span is what the total was. So they had robbed 30 banks in three years. So he's chasing. He doesn't know exactly who the bank robbers are. But he has now infiltrated himself into a group of surfers who may or may not have contacts to the bank robbers, right? So his whole mission is, all right, I'm going to get in tight with surfers. He identified the wrong group at first, thus the chaotic ra- uh, raid. Mm-hmm. But he he doesn't know exactly who the ex-presidents are, but he's like, he's kind of infiltrating into this group. So he sees the ex-presidents running out of the bank, and he pulls his gun, and he starts shooting at them. Well, he can't see who they are because they have president's masks on, yep. but they can see who he is. And so then he goes right back into the same surfer group that he's been infiltrating for the last several weeks and months. As if nothing happened, even though they now know who he is. Mm-hmm. What a ridiculously boneheaded mistake by Johnny Utah. Not only does FBI he go, agent. yeah, he goes he goes skydiving with them. Right, he gets on a plane right. and jumps out of it with them. How does he not think in that moment? All right, wait a second. If I shoot at them, they now know who I am. Yeah. 
I can't go back to them now. By the way, I think Johnny Utah, going back to the point of his character development, laugh, laugh, laugh. He, I think his dark side started to come out when he was trying to figure out his way in. If you remember this piece of audio. Indecent exposure inside moving vehicle. Hot. Very hot. What else they got on her? I still haven't found anything I can really use. I gotta find an approach. A way in. Here we go. Both parents deceased. Airplane crash. San Diego, 84. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Using the girl's dead parents to get in with her. Oh, yeah. Well, it worked. Oh, yeah, it worked. But, but, but you know what the uh, best part is him clicking on that very 1980s computer keyboard. Yes. <laughs> the big keyboard. <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, your, your point, Phil, it's a good point. But I think I think that Johnny Utah was so conflicted by that point that he didn't know what. I don't think you can blame up. the the drop kicking the dog on character development, Judd. I, I just don't. That was that really. Well, Judd, what is the thing? So you said the first time you watched this movie, you were, very, you, were, you, were, you thought it was the worst movie you'd ever terrible, seen. Like, what, what is the thing in the second half of the movie that has now made it one of your all time favorite movies? Because it ultimately be, became it. It sort of. At first, I'm just like, this isn't very good, and there's not a lot going on here. And then there was, and it became it so, at some points, so ridiculous, but yet glorious, that I really fell in love with this film. Because there are scenes where you're like, really? I mean, Robbie's right. The beach uh, volleyball scene is fantastic, and it's awful. But they they sort of double they kept doubling down on things and at some point in time I'm just like you know what M- mad props to you guys they committed they committed mad, to a plot they exactly to, right you know at some point they all got in a room and said all right we need some kind of a tie like we we know we want bank robbers and we know yep. we want some kind of an undercover FBI agent but like what's the hook uh, surfing can I, don't I give know. you guys my my greatest disappointment in retrospect about this film though because I've got one and it's this one. Gary Busey's death. It's no good. It was a little excessive. Well, it's excessive, but it's not. I, I feel I feel like that character as Utah's mentor should have got a better send off. Yeah, he like, did, he I basically feel, just got massacred from behind. Yeah, that, right? right. I mean, but it's such a it's such a run of the mill movie killing to me. Yeah. Like take him up in the plane and push him out. Like do something and make Utah watch it. Make Utah matter. Calm down, I forgot, Carol Baskins. I forgot and honestly I'm just, I, was, I'm just, I was a little surprised that they killed Gary Busey the way that they did. Kind of That's what I'm saying. Kind of uneventfully. Yeah, that's what I'm you saying. You know what I mean? It should have been a better shot death. in the bank in the back by yeah. some dude who was like grabbing snacks and walked out and saw a standoff happening. At yeah, the airport, right? They could have. Yeah. I feel like they had they had put all this work into building up Gary Busey right. as the right hand man, and like you said, the mentor. Yep. They could have used him as a device, some sort of leverage, right? Like, yes. They could have tortured him. They could have. I don't know. They could have done something. They could have put him on a. Yeah, they could have kicked him out of a plane or something. Um, one of my favorite. One of my favorite lines, and this is my next question to you: Your thoughts on Lori Petty as the main uh, female foil here in this movie? But you guys remember the scene where Johnny Utah is attempting to get out and surf for the first time. Mm-hmm. And he's like attacking these waves that are way too big for a first time surfer. And he gets swallowed up. And Lori Petty, experienced surfer, saves him, brings him ashore, and then just laces into him and is like has never been more annoyed by a human being in her life. She's like just met this idiot who almost died. And like, you know, you could have killed yourself. Like, what are you doing, you idiot? Get the hell out of here. And she starts to go back out in the water. And after like two or three seconds, Keanu Reeves goes, 
He's like laying down, kind of, you know, trying to catch his breath. He goes, The name's Johnny Utah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so, there so many great lines. Like she was impressed so with right. him, and he needed to tell her. Utah. Right. This film is this film is laced with great short lines. You know, oh man! If if we're done with the can I with the review itself? Can I throw out a conspiracy theory that I have? Please do. That mm-hmm. Judd kind of we, we have a couple little things to get to, but well, let's go to Judd kind of spurred for me. Yeah. Go ahead. So he throws his badge in the water at the end. Right. He's done being an FBI agent. And Judd, you already alluded to the fact. That he's kind of turning to the dark side, to use Star Wars parlance, right? Mm -hmm. 20 years later, a young man by the name of John Wick Mm -hmm. hits movie theaters and is an absolute assassin. Yes. Highly trained. Mysterious background. Wow, dude. Wow. Huh? 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 Wow, dude. I'm here for it. Huh? I'm believing you, it. Dude, you guys what? think this might be Utah back? What? These universes are connected. What? what? Heard it oh. here first. Oh, what if that happens? That they're connected. He turns they're making a fourth one. What? He goes from FBI, FBI agent to Hitman. To Hitman. Assassin. You don't, you don't it start makes off. total sense. John Wick I'm doesn't start it. off with and the an beginning assassin, of his career. It, ends, it starts off with the end of his career. An assassin with a heart of gold. Oh, oh my gosh. So we're An like, assassin like, who at his core is a good person. Yes. Wow. Who knows right from wrong? Right? Where Dude. Johnny Utah is Dude. a cop who's got some bad in him. John Wick is an assassin who's got some good in him. What if they Am did I it? right? What if they did it eventually and tied him? Am together? I right? Because John, Jonathan's right. John Wick movies sense. continue to go back. Like you find out more about John yeah. Wick's character and life the more of the movies come out. So right? we're going backwards? So by John Wick 6, we're going to go back to the he, beach when he throws the badge Utah? away. Yeah, that's when We're Patrick Swayze's son comes Dude. back for revenge. Oh my God! Am I right? You just blew our minds. Yes. Am I right? This is amazing. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! So Judd found this nugget as well. Apparently, I got a bunch of other stuff. actors that were up for potentially playing the part of Johnny Utah yeah. were Matthew Broderick, which would have been something. Yes, Johnny Depp. That would have worked. Val Kilmer. <laughs> Not now, but that and Charlie worked. Sheen. Charlie Sheen, I wouldn't. I don't think I could. Have I don't. Bought. I can't see Charlie Sheen in this movie. What are your thoughts on some of those other guys? Matthew Broderick, Johnny Depp, Val Kilmer, or Charlie Sheen as Johnny Utah? Johnny I De- can't picture Matthew Broderick doing any no, any any him. action. Was there a point in his career where he thought he might go action star? Well, he, he was in Glory, which is more of a civil a Civil War movie. Yeah, but that's but, like more of a drama than than yeah. it is pure action. Johnny yeah. Depp works for sure, right? And Val Kilmer back then in his prime of being Val Kilmer probably works, sir. Although, if Val Kilmer does it, you're just going to basically say the entire thing's a ripoff of Top Gun. Yeah. So I think there would have been too many parallels there. All right. What other, what other okay. final thoughts? I want to talk about the Point end. Break. I want to get to the end in Australia, where, where Utah, who's about to quit, has gone to great lengths to chase his man down. He's gotten to Bodie. He's got him. The, the Australian cops are there to deport him. Worst Australian accents ever. Oh, yeah. And, and in fact, I looked this up today on Wikipedia. That scene, I think, was shot in Oregon. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, they didn't really go Doesn't look like Australia. Um, Those trees are definitely Oregon. But your thoughts that he's got him, he's got him locked up. And there are so many great, quick one-liners. I can't be in a cage, man. I can't be in a cage. <laughs> um, and so he's like, lets him go. And then the last line is, he ain't coming back. The end. I absolutely love. Yeah, I they, think it's just fantastic. I think the Australian cop asked 
asked him, you let him, like, go. You let him go. And he goes, no, I didn't. I didn't let him go. He's going to get swallowed up by that massive wave, right? That was the was amazing. location. Where does Bodie keep his money? So, the, so, so that crew robbed 30 <laughs> banks in three years. Sir, sir now you're digging of, too deep. Blocks of cash. And they're mostly just like minimalists, right? Are they just, they're just spending like 10 grand a week? I don't know how, like how much. Well, it sounds like they surf all over the world, so. I would ask you to Google this next question, but maybe not on a work computer. How much money does one obtain when one robs a bank without going into the vault? (laughs) Right. Until the end. They got greedy. And that's why they get killed. We never go in the vault, man. What are you doing? It's too greedy. Too greedy. And Swayze just went nuts. All right, two remaining questions here. Action movie rewind point break. Could this movie, this is a new question that we kicked around and we I forgot to bring this up last week. Could this movie have gone an extra 30 minutes and still held your attention? No, nah, I was good. <laughs> I think I was good. I was good. It was a two-hour movie. I'm well-paced. I'm good with it. Yeah. It's fairly long, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, because I, I guess my question is, if they have, had gone an extra half hour, exactly what the hell? More action scenes? <laughs> Yeah, I think it, I think it's just thirty minutes more of that chase, the running chase. I was scene. yeah, I was fine. <laughs> it's a twenty-five minute just sprint all the parkouring all across Los Angeles. So, all right, on a scale of one through ten, Seagulls, Rami Makhlouf, how are you rating Point Break? I'm gonna give it a seven. I'm gonna give it a seven. Seven Seagulls on the so bad it's good Seagull scale. Okay, seven. Jonathan, considering Fast and the Furious directly ripped this movie off, going back and thinking about it. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's I loved it. good. That was so good. I'm in, I'm in the 7 category as well. I thought it was really, really strong. Mm-hmm. That's actually the first time I've watched it from the Same. very beginning all the way through the end. I've seen chunks of it all over TV. And uh, it held my attention. I thought, I don't know, I thought there was a, a few things here and there that could have been cleaned up, but a, a 7. For By me. the way, um, Dan tweets in his own conspiracy theories. All Keanu movies are Matrix simulations of the one. Even Bill and Ted's excellent Crazy adventure. stuff, man. The lake house. Crazy stuff. <laughs> the lake, the lake house. house. Good God. Good call, Jonathan. <laughs> nice work. <laughs> oh, my God. Nice work, Jonathan. Wow. Wow. <laughs> All right. It happened. The lake house is a thing that happened. Have you seen it? No. Well, then perhaps it didn't happen. <laughs> to you, it didn't happen. That's true. I That's think Don watched it one time, and I came in and watched part, and then... The, the thing with Keanu in films like that that makes him so good, though, is the obvious staring at cue cards. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's a thing. I love you, too. I'll never leave you. That's a thing. Not, not, it always looks like he's staring at, at cue cards doing uh, uh, scenes like that. Anyway. I'm right, gonna, Judd. So I believe I gave Hard to Kill, if I'm not mistaken. Did I give it 10 out of 10? You did, okay. yes. Uh, I'm going to give this, because I love this film, but it's it's not a Seagal yin. I'm going to give it eight Seagulls. Okay. So still very strong. I actually thought it it didn't track great, but it sort of did track. I can't give it a 10. I was toying with a nine, but I'm going to take it down to an eight Seagal yin film. All right. There it is. Point break, gentlemen. And you Never go back in the safe. Here's our plan for next week. So next week, Friday will be the day after the first round of the NFL draft. We will have an action movie rewind ready to roll, and I'll because it's my turn to pick, and I've got one for you guys for next week. If we don't do it next Friday because Vikings things are all over the place, then we will have two action movie rewinds the following week, a Monday and a Friday. 
But Rami complained last week, and I and I hear him that we've started this thing off, and we've done four movies, and we've had Steven Seagal and Jean Claude Van Damme, but that there are a few Mount Rushmore action movie guys from the '80s and '90s that, like Stallone was one, and Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. and one that we haven't really talked about, but he would be on my Mount Rushmore of action movie stars. Are we doing Mount Rushmore right now? Yeah, can we, can we play the sound? Mount Rushmore is easy. It's the cliche Thanks. Mount Rushmore sports talker of the week. On my Mount Rushmore would be Harrison Ford. I think Harrison Ford is an amazing action movie star. Get out of my studio. Get off my plane. Air Force One oh, next week. Okay. Air Force One. So we're still going to skip one. over Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Yep, I, well, I Stallone is right. Rambo and Rocky. And I thought 19 sure. And over the top. It's over the top on our list of nominations. It is. It okay. has to be. What about, um, I thought of another one to add to the list of nominees, if you guys don't mind. Karate Kid. Wow. I just listened to the uh, rewatchables, Bill Simmons' Karate, Karate Kid. Oh, really? Outstanding. They just did it like two weeks ago. You know, can I, I just say this? We'll put it on the list. When we do get around to uh, Stallone, I really would like a little bit of my guy, Johnny Rambo. Okay. I mean, the Rambos are just so good. Okay. Partially because he never talks. Well, we'll get to him. John, are you okay? <laughs> John, your family's been killed. <laughs> yeah, did you say it was a hot dog stand that he went into when the bank robbery went down? Phil, uh, I said hot dog stand. It was uh It was actually. It was. A, it was a sandwich shop, and he and he specifically asked Johnny Utah to get him two meatball sandwiches. Then when he came That's back right. with the two, That's right. he said, I should have asked you to get me three. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is Action Movie Rewind here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. We will wrap with Roycey shortly. Jonathan here with the Score North download. You can join Score North tomorrow night at 7 p.m. on scorenorth.com and the free Score North mobile app. For Loon Night in Minnesota, That the MLS season may be temporarily on hold. But that doesn't mean we can't support our loons. Grab your favorite scarf, put on your best kit, and join us as we replay Minnesota United's 2019 7-1 win over FC Cincinnati tomorrow night at 7 p.m. right here on Score North, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. Also, in times like these, you may not be thinking about blood donation, but blood is needed every day by patients facing a range of serious illnesses. If you are healthy, please schedule an appointment to donate by visiting redcrossblood.org or just use the keyword red over at scorenorth.com. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Football. We'll wrap with Royce here in just a second. Judd Zolgad has done a five-part series reviewing the last 20 years of Vikings drafts. We're six days away from the first-ever Zoom edition of the NFL Draft. And uh, we have plans to announce on Monday how Score North is going to be covering the draft and uh, the week leading up to it as well. So what are the main takeaways as you went back and rolled up your sleeves and looked at the last 20 years of Vikings draft history? So I'm starting uh, on Monday, basically went back and looked at the last since 2000. And I believe it, uh, it encompasses 22 first round picks because some years they bailed out of the first round altogether. And a few of those years they've had multiple picks. I basically went back and looked for the biggest hits, misses, and at times blunders that didn't become blunders. And I think the best draft as far as a player falling to the Vikings in the 2000s has to be considered 2007 when Adrian Peterson got down to seven. And there are teams that should have stopped that fall and didn't. 
but it's not the most interesting one. Um, 2005, they had the two first-round picks. They got the one from Oakland in the Moss trade and um, <clears throat> decided that they were going to replace him with the seventh overall pick, Troy Williamson, which didn't work out too well, and then unfortunately doubled down at number 18 with Erasmus James. But you know what I think is actually the most in- intriguing one, and this is the one that you can find right now on our uh, homepage at scorenorth.com, because it looked so embarrassing at the time, and it ended up being such a damn good pick. 2003. They're supposed to draft seventh. Now, now the conspiracy theorists say that the Vikings and Red McCombs were so cheap that they tried to purposely miss their pick and move back to to pay uh, Kevin Williams less. But if you go back and read the stories that I did from that time, it sounds like they were talking to three teams about trades, including Baltimore. They had a trade done, and this ties in, and it's really interesting now in retrospect. They had a deal done with Baltimore. The Vikings submitted the trade card in time. Baltimore, something happened, and they didn't. But it was on the Vikings to make the pick then at 7. They didn't. The league then, and I don't even know if this is possible now, when when the Vikings' 15-minute time allotment expired, the league's like, okay, the Vikings can make their pick, but Jacksonville, you're next, and you can go. So how quickly did... Jacksonville, I think, ran up there. I remember that. They <laughs> and did. They took... We were doing a draft show that night, and I remember that So they did, that okay. So they take they take um, Byron Leftwich, the quarterback. Jacksonville takes him. Now, what's interesting about this is the Vikings had a trade with Baltimore to go back to ten and get two more draft picks because that's the quarterback that the Ravens wanted. It gets worse. Carolina's then like, oh hell yeah, we're set. They take offensive tackle Jordan Gross, who had a very nice career, but now the Vikings have gone from seven to nine. It's amazing. They take Kevin, which is a very good pick. But what makes it even more intriguing is by not getting their trade card in, the Baltimore Ravens didn't miss on Terrell Suggs. Yeah. Because he was the 10th pick. So Baltimore got saved huge. But but the Vikings got what I consider to be, might not be a Hall of Fame player, but he's damn close. Kevin's a really good player. He is, really good he's player. Hollow, very good. And and if you go back and look now, in the first round of that entire draft, Kevin has the most uh first team all pro selections of any player. So it turned out fine. But that's one, if you guys recall, the Vikings were being absolutely mocked. They were being mocked, and they got a player who was a very, very good player. So I don't think there's been a more interesting team. I'm not going to say a more, like, the the Vikings are not the most successful first-round drafting team in the last 20 or so years, but I think they're the most interesting first-round draft team, especially if you go back 22 years, if you start the timeline in 1998. Like, just look at all the things. You mentioned missing their pick in 2003. That's interesting. All right. Uh, they've drafted two Hall of Famers over that stretch in Randy Moss and, at some point, Adrian Peterson. They once traded a first-rounder for, I think, what will eventually be a Hall of Famer in Jared Allen. They took three swings over those 20-plus years at franchise quarterbacks in Dante, Christian Ponder, and Teddy Bridgewater. And they've also drafted four of the biggest busts in first-round history in those 20-plus years in Demetrius Underwood, Troy Williamson, Erasmus James, and Christian Ponder. Mm-hmm. So, like, whether it's epic busts, swings at franchise quarterbacks, missing their pick, or nailing Hall of Famers, right, and, and all pros, I don't know if there's been a more interesting team in the NFL draft the last 22 years than our Minnesota Vikings. Right Probably here. not. Always a fun team uh, to follow. Yeah, that 2003 thing, like, 
what a, like when you're watching on TV and you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, you're just thinking, what the hell are they doing? That's the Tice line, right? Calm down. Everybody calm down. Because they're being booed. Was that at the at their draft party press conference or was, no, it, was no. he live or something? He, he went out and talked to the fans at uh, Winter Park back then. Okay. Because if I am not mistaken, the draft party at that time was held in the shed there, the practice shed. Yeah. And so Mike comes out. I think he's being booed. They're like, whoa, boo. And he's like, calm down, everybody calm down. But but to go from that <laughs> to to getting a really good player was a complete saving grace. And then Kevin was, you know, fantastic for what? The next seven years? Yeah. Eight years? Uh Roycey, yeah. we are reminiscing of about the last twenty years of Vikings drafts. And I it's my contention that there hasn't been a more interesting team in the first round of the draft the last twenty two years than the Vikings, who missed their pick once in 03. They've drafted Hall of Famers in Moss and Peterson. They take swings at franchise quarterbacks that go in different directions. And they have four of the biggest draft busts in first-round history in Demetrius Underwood, Troy Williamson, Erasmus James, and Christian Ponder. And, of course, you got to give them credit for uh, the uh, the uh, one year because they uh, didn't they get Erasmus in Troy in the same draft? Yes, they, they did. That uh, yeah. was a double header. That was, uh, that, that's that's it's one of the great disasters of all time. There's uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, yeah, it has been. Uh, they, uh, you know, Stevens one of the few uh, general managers who does better in the third round than he does in the first. But uh, you know, the second and third round, he's, uh, he's he has a very spotty uh, track record in the first round. Yeah, does it? Does he? I mean, uh, it's you know, Harrison Smith. You know, been terrific, and and a few others. But uh, you know, he took Anthony Ball in the first round. He took Eric Kendricks in the second round. He got a hell of a lot better player in the second round. He got in the first round. So, Pat, so, did uh, uh, do we see correctly that you had to say goodbye to a friend today? Last night, yeah. Well, I got my home phone. I've uh, you know been had a home phone for seventy years, and. Uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, when we had our internet crisis, and there was you know, all of those crisis, and our, the phone went out. Uh, when we came back, when the wireless came back, the phones were dead, and I never got around to. For a couple, three days, I didn't get around to calling to say, uh, "Hey, fix these." And then suddenly, we realized how peaceful it was without that damn thing ringing 14 to 18 <laughs> times a day. And I got news for you, fellas: when you get to be 70. They are hoping that you're mentally deficient and they can sell you some crap. I want to tell you, they can. They try to give you something. You know, I, I get, once a week you get the we're cutting off your social security benefits. You know, this is Bill calling. We were cutting off your social security benefits. Rush to the post office and send us two thousand dollars. You know, you make 5,000 of those calls and you're going to get somebody, some little old lady who's going to run it and write you out the check. Right this now. happened just in time for you, Pat, because I understand that those uh, not-so-great people have stepped up their efforts during COVID-19 because they see oh, opportunity oh, in the it. crisis. Oh, I bet it. I bet it is off the charts, yeah. It, it, uh, happened, at the, it happened at the right time. You know, the other one, I just I got, just got one on my cell phone, the police federal yeah, I don't trust those guys either. Do you? That the guys that call up and say they're raising money for the cops? How do I know? How do I know? Yeah, that's, guy, I'm not giving money to anybody who just calls my house randomly, Pat. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a policy I have. By the way, why do you pay ta- taxes to the city, right? 
so they can pay the cops, right? That's right. Don't they? Don't we? We pay. We're already paying the cops, right? Pensions, the whole deal. We don't have to cut a check for the cops, okay? Yeah, they're probably lying. To so, you. yeah. Okay, Rami, I got to ask you this because it's really been on my mind. Yes, Patrick. And I just, I just tweeted about it. There's a movie three years ago. Unlocked is the name of the movie, and it's a kind of a CIA thing. And you, you know, at this time, a you know, in the middle of a pandemic, you yeah. watch any damn thing. Sure. So I watched the thing the other day. So Numi Rapace, uh, the Elizabeth Sandler character from the Dragon Tattoo movies. That oh, we're okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she's the heroine, and she's trying to stop a uh, biological terrorist attack on an NFL football game in London. And Michael Douglas is a CIA guy who's trying to let the uh, the terrorist attack, this biological attack, go on. But as they're having the showdown, he's explaining himself that he wants America to stop being so complacent about the inevitable pandemic that is going to hit us, uh-huh. right? Yes. This is 2017. Yes. So after spending that whole movie rooting for Numi, I'm saying at the end, I should have been rooting for Michael. I was rooting for the wrong guy. He was just—he was just trying to spread the good word, Pat. He was just trying to spread the good word. You watch that whole movie, rooting for Nobi, and then you wait. You say, "Wait, Michael was trying to warn us about this. If we would have—if she wouldn't have thrown him off the building or wherever the hell it was, we might not have had to go through all this crap." Anyway, it's uh, it's uh. Sometimes in hindsight, the bad guy doesn't look so bad, Pat. (laughs) to say as an arab man i was a little worried where that question was going when it, when he started asking me about oh. terrorism oh of course oh don't worry the terrorists were arabs <laughs> they, they, they don't worry about that they were all arabs. of course they were pat <laughs> yes, of course they, they were because right. nobody else in this world is a terrorist actually one of them was a uh, a yankee who was converted to uh hardcore whatever we call it jihadist or something like that so i don't know what the hell we do without you If I ever if I ever go to Hollywood and want an acting job, those terrorist roles might be the only ones I get. So <laughs> <You're> <laughs> say keep it up. You're in. Just, just look in the mirror every day and snarl. <laughs> you gotta look suspicious. Hold on a second. <laughs> snarl, Rami. <laughs> no, no, nah, you know, nah, nah, it doesn't do much. You know what the Actually, key is? You got terrorist look, is more of a stoic look. You gotta be walking down the street looking around a lot. Yeah. <laughs> left, right, left, right. That's that pretty much. Sunglasses, <laughs> Pat. I'm yeah. telling you. <laughs> Sunglasses. Twenty four. The T V yeah. show twenty four employed like three quarters of the Arab actors in Hollywood. <laughs> I kid you not. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, back in the day when we had the wrestling and all the wrestling was determined on ethnicity, you know. Yeah. Uh, and we we 
Phil, we can't get away with quite as much racism in the wrestling these days. Yeah, I mean, they, like, the, uh, but Vince McMahon is still getting away with more racism than the average. Yeah, it's form just of a little more veiled. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but, but I mean, it used to be, you know, you okay, and you'd have the Russians, uh, you know, the bad guys, the, the tag teams, the Kalmakoff brothers, and then you had Mitzi or, you know. Fifteen years after the war, we were still mad at Mitsuwakawa and Kimchi Shibuya because they were because I mean, of Pearl Harbor. Put it this way: even like in the late nineties, when like in the seventies and eighties, right in the late nineties, there was a little bit. Uh, I think it was a little bit less of it, but Vince McMahon. In I want to say 1997 for I think WrestleMania 13, and we are reviewing all of these every Monday on yeah, Score North Live. Yeah. They had a villain called the Sultan that came out dressed <laughs> literally just like. Just dressed with like a veil over his face and had the most, the most over the top and also generic wow. Arab music as he walked down the ramp and he would, <laughs> and he would fight like the all American, you know, American American guy. I'm trying to think though. Have we ever had a, you know, going back to when I started following it in the mid fifties? I don't think we've ever had an Arab good guy, have we? So we we had it, wrestling. we had our first Arab champion, I believe. When really, Jinder, really, Jinder Mahal. Yeah, but what did he do? Hit the guy over the head with a brick? Or he was he was a bad guy. He was a bad guy. He had to be. He had to cheat for God's sake. He didn't win it on Arab guile. And by the way, Mac, you just did what every white person does. Uh, Jinder Mahal is Indian. Oh, is he? Okay, yeah. sorry. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> so, so the answer is no. And I'll show myself out. Just put on a pair of jeans and a shirt. We'll be okay. Jinder Mahal is also from Calgary. So, hey, hey, I've been around so long. I've been around so long, and I saw gorgeous George in the in full of Minnesota in the mid fifties, and that was hardcore. Anti-homosexuality, even though we didn't know it at the time. Hey, actually, Pat, maybe you can help us answer this question that came up. Because this guy not only was in the WWF in the 80s, but he was in Vern Gagne's AWA. We were wondering, what was the deal with Adrian Adonis? Do you remember that guy? Adorable Adrian Adonis? Yeah, he was a little too cute for words. There was no doubt about that. Yeah, you, you wondered about him. Yeah, who was he partners? Was he, was he heading partner? Heading partner for a while? Well, might have been for a while. No, yeah, I yeah, think so. I don't know. You know, there was. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think Adrian was considered a little, a little, uh, a little. Uh, he, he worried about his personal hygiene. Much, I think <laughs> we thought about it. <laughs> You know, you're supposed to stink if you're a wrestler. You're not supposed to be spraying perfume. Hey, but George's George had him spray perfume at him and stuff. It was great. Pat, during uh, during this quarantine period, the last six weeks, on a scale of one to Adrian Adonis, how are you worried about your personal hygiene? <laughs> I I am, for kind of a, a fat, slovenly guy, I'm a very cleanly fella. I, sh- I you know bathe and shower twice a day and wash more clothes than anybody in history. You just can't tell it by looking at me. That's right. You are a neat freak. I will give you that. Uh, oh, yes. You're a neat uh, freak. You know. Yeah. Yep. I don't, uh, you know, my, if you ever went in the old Star Tribune newsroom, our sports department, Judd and those slobs had this crap 
piled all the way up. I I wouldn't even leave a pen on my desk. I, I'm very glad. Reference books, man. Yeah. I had to do research to read Sid's column. It was pre-internet. Uh, well, uh, that that is... Uh, Baseball encyclopedia. My wife came up there with me one day, and Pereira was up there, and she said, Little fire, Devero, Devero, Pereira was terrible. You know, he had an awful desk, and I, I don't, I'm a clean guy. Don't worry about that. Good. Well, I'm fine. Well, we will, uh, we'll catch up with you on Monday, and maybe we'll bring you in for our WrestleMania rewind and recap it again. Pat would be a great resource. He would, yep. Oh, man, yeah. Okay. All right, see you, Pat. All right. Enough. All right that is Rapping with Royce. Tweet from Marcus says Mustafa Ali is a good guy wrestler right now. All right. And so I looked got, him up. We picked out one. That is one of the thousand people I've gotten tweets that I look like. <laughs> including an inmate who escaped a Columbia, <laughs> Wisconsin prison guy, yesterday. Man. Steal baseball cards, hey, and now up, you've graduated. Up next on Score North, a Lynx draft special with Matthew Collar live here. Royce presented by Josh Arnold Investments. And that's time to talk to Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where he always gets Straight Talk, not sugar-coated advice. You can get that Straight Talk by calling Josh direct. His number, 952-925-5608. Or you can listen to Josh right now with the Market Minute. Hi, Josh. Judd, you start talking about WrestleMania. I know Patrick loves wrestling, just loves wrestling. Well, for all the people who love, love, love wrestling, you can be a proud owner of WrestleMania, Worldwide Entertainment, or World Wrestling Entertainment, is a publicly traded company that is trading for 50% discount from where it, where it was in January. Sales will probably be down a little bit. They report their earnings next, uh, next Thursday. The stock has rebounded from a low of $29 a share. Uh, in the middle of March, currently trading at $40.50, does pay a small dividend. And with the market up today, first on Boeing's news that they're returning to work to build new aircraft next week, Gilead's news on some success with a drug to uh, – help cure uh, those that have the coronavirus. And with the president's return to work phase-in guidelines, the market moved up 700 uh, points today. Favorite stay-at-home, work-at-home stocks, which have been on a tear this week, saw some profit-taking. Uh, with Apple down, Amazon down, Netflix down, Roku down, uh, Akamai down, Costco down, and Walmart down. But the other stocks that will benefit from the economy reopening, such as uh, worldwide entertainment, such as XPO uh, logistics, such as Disney, such as Las Vegas Sands and Wynn Resorts, uh, as, as examples, even even some of the apparel retailers, Nike, Adidas, Lululemon, and even Best Buy, which all saw their stocks move up and move up 
a bunch. Um, the market, quite frankly, is looking, and I do believe is going to be looking past this quarter's earnings, probably look past next quarter's earnings, to what the guidance is going to be when we return to some semblance of normalcy. We could also look and say that the market, the market broadly speaking, but I happen to like focusing in on sectors, not the whole market, because there are plenty of sectors that I don't want to invest in, uh, but it's specific sectors that still offer Sounds plenty like of growth and potential. The deal is Tina. There is no alternative. Interest rates are low, probably going to stay that way. Dividend yields are much higher, plus there's the opportunity for growth. More information, give me a call, 952-925-5608. Have a great weekend. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.